Back to the Beat. Bulls Beat continues with Derek Sharp. Before we get into the rest of what's going on, a quick look at Sunday. And don't forget, it's going to be on ESPN2. Of course, we'll have it on Bulls Unlimited. And it sounds like we could have another sellout. If not, it's going to feel like it. The SMU Mustangs lost to FAU last night. Drops them to 40 in the computer rankings. But they're still an at-large hopeful, by the way, that Seven-foot center, Vladislav Golden, who went for 22. It's career against the Bulls, had 21. Elijah Martin, who's a beast, 20 points, seven rebounds, made three three-pointers. John L. Davis, their top score, was held to 10, didn't make a three, and they still won easily 80-70. to 70. The SMU Mustangs, if you look at their schedule, it shows you all you need to know about the computer rankings and how sometimes it's just who you play, not who you beat, because in the who you beat category, The Bulls actually have SMU beat. From a rankings perspective, here are SMU's top wins. We'll just go in order of the top 100 teams they've beaten. Florida State, Charlotte, North Texas, Memphis. That's it. They have not beaten a team higher than 78. That's North Texas. And as you know, I started off with Florida State. The Bulls have defeated all those teams and, unlike SMU, defeated Florida Atlantic, which is ranked 33. However, they played and lost to Dayton, ranked 19th, only lost by two. Wisconsin, ranked 21st, that was in Fort Myers, lost by eight. Texas A&M, 49th. Basically, the fact that they've lost to three top 50 teams and the Bulls, other than FAU, A, haven't played any top 50 teams, and B, lost to two teams that are well out of the top 200. Yes, a little bit of an anchor, those defeats that actually shaped the Bulls' turnaround, but didn't help them from a at-large perspective to Central Michigan and Maine, both in the 220s. That's why SMU is 40 and the Bulls are 93. And I realize it's a lot of computer numbers, but we have to throw that out because the Bulls are this close to clinching the regular season championship and still might have to win the conference tournament. As they're going up against SMU this weekend, that was the backdrop for the end of the interview with Amir. You got to hear this from Wednesday after the game. Oh yeah, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be Ali Frazier, Foreman Frazier. It's gonna be a heavyweight fight. Um, I know Coach Lanier well, really good friend of mine. Uh, when I was at Kennesaw State, he was at Georgia State, you know, and so he, you know, he became a really good friend. And so again, you know, but this is what you want. You want to be battle tested. And again. If this league only gets one automatic qualif- or automatic bid, man, come on, man. Come on. Are you listening, NCAA Tournament Committee? The Bulls are really close to clinching a regular season championship. If they win against SMU, they'll almost be right there. They have a full two-game lead on two teams they have head-to-head against. That's FAU and Charlotte, although they play Charlotte again in North Carolina next week. That's going to be a battle, but first, Sunday against SMU. At the very least, the Bulls, and this is something that we didn't predict anything like this at the beginning of the season, are virtually assured of a top four finish, meaning a buy into the quarterfinals. And that is alone really cool, but the Bulls want to do more than just that. Just an honor to be able to watch the softball that we did on Thursday as the Bulls took on two top 10 teams, lost them both, but we'll tell you what happened here in just a little bit. Women's basketball on Wednesday night got its best performance probably of the season. Their most exciting win was the one at UAB, and that was a team, UAB, that was in first place at the time. But this was more encouraging and more thorough, and they needed one of their best shooting nights to beat an East Carolina team that was shooting the ball pretty well itself, but the Bulls just had a little bit more. 
And every time the East Carolina Pirates had a threat, the Bulls had an answer. We'll give you some of the highlights here. You're going to hear a lot of Romy Levy and Vicky Blasic and some Carla Brito as well. Now, when the Bulls beat East Carolina in Tampa, the Pirates did not have an all-conference player in my mind joiner. It was not due to injury reasons. She was at the game. It was something that uh, might have happened uh, before the game that led to her not playing in the game. Well, she played in this game. She was coming off a 20-rebound performance against Memphis, and clearly it was going to be more difficult for the Bulls to negotiate inside, and plus she's a good offensive player. But the Bulls' offensive players were doing their thing as well. Here are some of the highlights. And there's a nice little fist pump by Vicky Blasic. It's a nine-point lead, and Vicky Blasic is three for three on threes. Blasic gets a rebound, sends it up, and it in is Carla Brito and Vicky Blasic forces a timeout on the other end. Bulls are rolling right now, a 9-0 run. Long two, makes it. Amaya Joyner drops it in, and East Carolina is feeling it right now, 30-29. to Now Levy on the other end, need to make that three, she does. After a quick, and I mean quick, 7-0 run by the Pirates, Levy wanted that ball. McNeil, oh yeah, she is definitely feeling it. She makes the three and holds the arm up like the extended follow-through, Jose Fernandez says, run the other direction. The Pirates are picking it up offensively. 33-32 to 32 Bulls with exactly two minutes to go in the first half. They push it to Levy, another three. Boom! Romy Levy saying, I don't need that show-off extended follow-through. I'm just going to drop in shots. 45 seconds to go. Bulls look to go the other way. Levy pulls up. Yeah, it's going down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Drops it in. You can tell she gets into a rhythm. It is going down every time. So both teams' leading scores in conference play have been that here tonight. Levy has 10 points all in the second. McNeil has 12 points all in the second. 40 to 34, what a half. The teams have combined to make their last 10 shots. It really was something, and it was 40-34 at the break. And once again in the second half, this was a situation where the opponent was inspired. It was a big game for them as well. They had lost their last two, and we have seen this before. We have seen the Bulls get up anywhere from five to as many as, well, Tulane. They were up by 17, gave up the lead, and still won it. But they have given up leads of in that five to eight range in pretty much every single one of their conference defeats. And so in this case, started the second half with an eight-point lead. Now there's plenty of time to come back. And East Carolina would get it down to one. You heard Danae McNeil. She's the conference's leading scorer. We've talked about my my Jordan. But the Bulls had an answer every single time. Blasic wants it, puts it up, drops it down. Vicky Blasic is perfect tonight. Four for four on threes. And the Bulls lead back up to 45-38. Great to see from Vicky. Now on the other side, and it's a float as a joiner. And that's a great steal by Blasic. They interrupted the pass. Good job by the Bulls. Wilson with five and a half minutes to go. He just heard back to her. I think they want to get to Blasic. She's got it in the corner. Oh, what a fake. And what a shot by Vicky Blasic. That is a clean play right there. Makes it 47-41 Bulls. Vicky having one of her best games of the year. 48-45 South Florida. Gordon to Joyner. She wants to work on Aveline with the ship up. That's good defense. And she still makes a shot. My, my Joyner. And the Bulls' inability to block out on their end has helped the Pirates. Get back in this thing. 48-47. Bulls have also missed their last four shots, as we mentioned. Brito, tough pass to Ava. You got to make that. Boy, that was a hard find, but she drops it in. Ava out to Wilson. Wide open three. Looks good. Boom! Ariel Wilson! They left her open. That is huge Anytime she can score. 
from three, 55-48. That voice you hear is the running cheerleader, but she also gets on the court from time to time, incidentally, is Danny Gonzalez. There was a lot to cheer about. Here's a little bit of the Bulls bringing it home in the fourth. McNeil spin, tough shot, fade away, rims in. Man, when she decides she wants to go for the bucket, she is going to score, and she drops it to a three-point game. So the Bulls just had a chance at a layup for a seven-point lead. Plenty of time still in this one. Bulls are going to have to execute in the fourth quarter. Wilson bounces to Levy. Smith, good defense on her, tough shot. Rims it in. Romy Levy has been terrific here tonight. And the Bulls back up to a five-point lead. Misses. That is a big miss right there. Gordon does not have a point. Now the Bulls, you heard, just want to run it if they can. Ava's getting held up. Wilson bounces to Brito. Why Shawner puts it up over her. What a shot that was! Carla Brito and East Carolina calls timeout. Wilson to Levy in the corner. This would be big. Nope. But Eva has position. Can't grab the rebound. Pumps out to Brito and she's going to reset. You just heard it in front of me. Now Levy wants to drive in again. Changes hands. Puts it up and in. Romy Levy. And the Bulls have their largest lead. 12 points. It's 68-56. Levy's on 18 points. It's been Romy and Vicky for a while, especially Romy, but if Brito can do anything like she did, 7 for 9, 16.7 rebounds, look out for the Bulls. Levy, 10 for 17, 22 points, added 6 assists. Blasic, huge, making 4 threes for her. First time she'd done it in 9 games, making more than 2. 20 points, Brito 16, and a double-double for Aveline Lutcher-Shipholt, 11 and 10. By the way, point guard Ariel Wilson, 10 assists. Blasic and Levy, those three played the whole game. 78-68 was the final. Also, something magical happened. The other team had some unforced turnovers in the last few minutes, so maybe a turnaround. And in the standings, don't look now, but we had kind of shut the door on a top-four finish, a.k.a. by into the quarterfinals after that loss to FAU. But stuff has happened in the league since, including Temple now being your first-place teams, including North Texas, which wasn't first, losing at home in overtime. And Sunday's opponent, Tulsa, losing. The Bulls are two games behind them, but they play them this Sunday. And they would, of course, with a win, wrap up head-to-head. Trust me, tune in on Sunday afternoon when we hit the air at 245 throughout the course of the broadcast, especially if the Bulls win and they've never lost to the Golden Hurricane. We will give you the outlook, which let's just say with three games left, you still can't close the door on a possible top four for the Bulls but right now in the standings they're eight and seven tied for sixth place it is still a jumble in the AAC but it's going to get unjumbled soon because we are about a week and a half away from the field being set three games left in the regular season crazy that after Sunday's game the Bulls actually pretty much have a week off while other teams get that additional game in so one more home game for the Bulls we hope anyway we know that there's other postseason events that could have them at home but the four-letter tournament as Amir Abdurrahim has called it, the NCAA is where the Bulls want to go. The softball team yesterday took on two top 10 teams and lost them both. And frankly, you had to prepare yourself for that. But man, we weren't prepared for what almost happened in the first game. Washington saved its ace for the Bulls. And it cost them in the first game. They lost to Oklahoma State 7 nothing. This is a Washington team that had just been pouring it on offensively. They had, again, until getting shut out and two hit by Lexi Kilfoyle, they had Started 8-1 and one with five of those wins being run rule wins or wins by exactly seven runs against five power conference teams, including three from the Big Ten, their future conference, incidentally. So to hold them to two was great, but the Bulls, as I said, were facing Ruby Malin, third-team All-American last year, and they were getting one hit. 
until the bottom of the sixth when it got really interesting really quickly. Oh, Galagani strokes it up the middle. What a great play on her knees, almost throwing out. Galagani was the shortstop, Holtarf, and give her credit for knowing that was her only chance. So, excellent hit. That's far, whacks that to the left side, and boot booted by Holtorf. And there are two on for the Bulls. She was a little bit caught in between trying to get the lead runner or with what would have been a deep throw to get Garcia Soto. And either way, two base runners for the Bulls. And lines it to the left side, and it gets through. They're going to hold Galagani up at third there. I think if it's a one nothing game, she's going. But the bases are loaded with a third straight hit all to the left side and through the left side in the cases of Galagani and Tribal Peace. Isn't this something? It was, and you heard it as Ken Erickson held the runner at third. And on the next bit of contact, I think, again, if it's a one nothing game, he's probably sending the runner on a relatively deep fly. In other words, the Bulls were always going to score a run, but on the Bailey Trapola fly out, runners hold, and then Alana Rivera gets a hold of one, a grounder that was always going to bring a run home, but then there were two out. Sam Malander walks. Bases are loaded, but Camille Ortiz-Martinez fouls out. That was the Bulls' chance. Again, great pitching by Sarja. But to keep that team to two runs, not only do you need good pitching, but maybe some good defense. How about this day? We just mentioned Camille Ortiz-Martinez behind home plate. One and one. And that one's high. Runner is going. Decent throw. And they got her. Camille Ortiz-Martinez gets the out. Stewart thought she was safe, but no dice. Oh, they might have her picked off. Oh, my gosh, they do. What a throw by Camille Ortiz-Martinez. And Carter was leaning and for the second time today has had a base runner wiped off the path. What a peg by Camille. And there's two away. You did not expect for Carter to get out on the base pass, but it just happened. Runner is going and another great peg by Ortiz Martinez. She has thrown out two runners at second. That was a pinch runner in this case, Jean Gardner. And she also picked off a runner at first base. What a day behind the plate for Camille. It's crazy how many catchers the Bulls have. You think Josie Foreman's going to start every game, and then you throw her in. Emma Humplick was the catcher in the nightcap. She also made the biggest bid for the Bulls, but Oklahoma State made a lot of big bids with the extra base hits, scoring five in the first three, three doubles, all well struck in the second inning for two runs, and then two home runs in the third inning, and you thought maybe run rule. But Lexi Kopko came in and basically shut down Oklahoma State. Until we've got to play this highlight from the other side, you'll understand why. Until the next-to-last hitter she faced in a stellar performance. Here's the pitch. Full count to her, and she golfs it deep to right field. It is gone. Lexi Kilfoyle of the Oklahoma State Cowgirls, but of course also from Tampa Bay, destroys the ball, and that's why she was out there. That's awesome. That's awesome. Even the uh, Kilfoyle family over to my right, they're going crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, normally I wouldn't turn to the opponent's home run hitter and say that's awesome, but that was awesome because her younger brother is Andrew Kilfoyle, offensive lineman for your football team. So that was pretty cool. 6-1 to one was the final score. Again, great job. Bats were held down, though, but you kind of have to expect that and actually – to give up a run, Oklahoma State was a little disappointed, so maybe that's a little feather for the Bulls as they grabbed one. Kyra Acock almost shut them out. That's not a bad second pitcher on the other side. The Bulls scratched for one in the bottom of the seventh. 
as Dania Brooks hit one up the middle that was bobbled, and Sam Walls, the pinch runner, came all the way around. So the Bulls have got to get some wins this weekend. Here's the schedule, and basically tune in for us on the baseball broadcast. We'll tell you what's going on with softball. We'd anticipate that maybe their game tonight gets moved, as already baseball was supposed to start tonight against Maris, but we'll be on the air at 1245 due to forecasted weather coming into town. But this weekend looks really, really clear. Five games scheduled for Friday and for Saturday, and the Bulls are the fifth of the five today against Loyola, which comes to town 5-1. and one. Saturday against Pitt, which is Bailey Dipola's former team. I'm guessing she might be in the starting lineup. And then Sunday at 11.30 against Yale, coached by former Bulls assistant to Ken Erickson, Laura Rickier-Dome. Tune in at 12.45. We'll tell you all about today's opponent for the Bulls baseball team, Marist, which went up against a really good Southern Miss team in Hattiesburg and salvaged a game from their series, winning the last one 6-3, so they're 1-2 of the Bulls. Dropped that game to Indiana State on Monday afternoon, 5-0. Really looking to get the offense going if they can. And we'll tell you, again, all you need to know about today's opponent. Also, by the way, just got off the phone as you're hearing this. With Jay Retcher, we have secured my buddy to call Saturday's doubleheader. How about that? We'll also let you know how track and field is doing. Listen throughout the course of our broadcast because the indoor track and field conference meet, and I'm telling you, the Bulls might have a chance in this thing. When I say might have a chance to win a title, that's their hope, especially on the men's side. It's in Birmingham. As you're hearing this, it is underway. Field events on Friday afternoon, basically. Trials for track events. Then Saturday, we get into more field events and finals for the track. So it's a Friday-Saturday thing, and I think the Bulls have high hopes. Speaking of high hopes and championships, you know that Erica Brennan and women's golf want to get back to the NCAA tournament. That's why they're in Arizona. That's where the NCAA championships are. And so they are playing at the Westbrook Invitational in Peoria, starting on Sunday with 36 holes and concluding on Monday. And the weather might be nice for tennis. How about the Bulls men's team hosting 71st-ranked Santa Clara? That is Saturday at 10. They'll follow that up at 2.30 against Troy, so they're in action. And, oh, yeah, the women's tennis team hosts the 11th-ranked team in the country, Auburn, on Sunday at noon. Pretty sure Monday's show is going to have to be an hour long, but that wraps up today's show. Remember, on the air with baseball, first of four against Maris. There'll be a doubleheader tomorrow, and they've moved up the finale to 11 a.m., Tune in. We'll give you all the details during the course of our broadcast, obviously. Thanks for listening to Bulls Beat. I'm Derek Sharp.